Hello, everyone, and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. I am Mike Hancock, and the season is here. Everybody is excited. The NLL is back this Saturday night. Saturday Night Lacks in Hamilton. Everybody in the lacrosse world is jacked up and ready to go and finally get back on the turf. We are talking national television. The game will be broadcast coast-to-coast live on TSN with Teddy Jenner and Brad Challoner bringing you the call. Ashley Docking, the sideline reporter, we are ready to go. Over 630 days between games. Everybody is excited, like I mentioned, and we've got a lot coming up in this edition of Toronto Rock Total Access. So without any further ado, let's jump into our first interview with Toronto Rock owner, president, and general manager, Jamie Dowick. Jamie, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Mike. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Hot off many podcast uh, guest co-host gigs. Yeah, to just say to you, it's kind of funny we're doing this today because I usually I've been doing that podcast with Jumbo on the Mondays, but that's uh, been put on the back burner. And uh, you know, no place I'd rather be than uh, doing this with you and talking Toronto Rock because you know that's my passion. So uh, happy to be here doing this with you. Did you, today, did today. You, <laughs> <laughs> did you enjoy yourself with these? Yeah. Uh, what was the highlight of your co-hosting gig? You know what? Honestly, um, it was neat. It was interesting. I, I, Jumbo's a, a good friend of mine. I, I like Jumbo. I like helping out. You know, I just felt like, you know, when he, I, I said, I feel like I can bring something to the table. I, I hate listening to pod one thing with me is i hate li- and i do it too but i hate listening to podcasts and getting wrong information here and there about certain things and and it's not that you know it's just i i know more about certain things that they're talking about that you know so it worked out great man i jumbo's jumbo does a great job i was happy to do it for him um you know brad's back and and uh now i get to sit back and listen and maybe make a guest appearance or two on there so uh i I enjoy it and uh you know who knows what happens in the future with that but uh that's a good one for people to listen to give them a little plug there yeah if people are wondering maybe who we're talking about even (laughs) yeah i guess (laughs) jake elliott uh they host uh, along with brad challoner regularly host the lacrosse classified podcast um and jamie you filled in while brad challoner was uh on hiatus yeah. slash vacation through some of the off season who's back now and, their and they release it they, that comes week. out tuesdays yeah tuesdays yeah. at noon it's actually that's one thing we talked about is it's a consistent release every tuesday at noon so um you know for all you toronto rock fans that that don't know about that give it give them a listen because it is it is a good lacrosse podcast and and they'll talk about everything and and uh you'll enjoy it all right boom Guaranteed or your money back from Jamie Dowick. All right. So it's a free podcast, right? Yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah, I, yeah. I know. That's where I was going with that. I didn't get Did anything. Did I look worried right? Well, yeah, you were kind of like, hold on, wait a second. No, no, uh, I was thinking of something else, <laughs> to be honest with you. Um, okay. Well, 
Final roster announced on Monday uh, at noon or shortly thereafter for most teams. Uh, any uh, surprises here in training camp? I know I guess we can probably circle one guy for sure in Justin Scott, who was a free agent signing coming into training camp to add some depth to the training camp roster as a lefty old guy and certainly came in here and impressed. Why don't we start off by talking about Mr. Scott and just uh, how that came to be, how he became part of Toronto Rock training camp in the first place. Yeah, so, um, you know, yeah, I, let, let's start there. Camp was good um, because of a couple injuries. You know, we're coming out of camp with an eight offensive, uh, 11 defensive roster. We're, you know, if everyone was healthy, that that would be a 7-12 and 12 situation for us. And, uh, you know, because of that, that opened opportunities for a couple guys. And, and Justin was a guy that we – kind of have been a little bit familiar with played a couple games for the Oakville Rock in in that summer classic this year and he just showed us a few things that we we thought could translate um found out he was a free agent late in the summer and uh you know invited him to camp with the hope that he would come in and, and compete for a spot and and uh you know realistically at the beginning you know you're thinking maybe practice roster um you know hopefully active roster um, because of a couple injuries, you know, he's he's earned an active roster spot coming out of camp for now. And, and uh, you know, we like we see, just, you know, we said to him, Con- continue to do what you're doing. Um, you know, it, it's getting noticed. And, and these guys, these young guys just got to play, right, or, or continue to practice and learn. So, um, yeah, he had a good camp. And total side note here, but this is really a success story from the MSL Classic and just the fact that that even happened with Justin Scott have gotten that same type of look in the Oakville Rock lineup in the summer had that event not taken place. Coached by Matty Sawyer, of course, everybody here is around the team all the time and and then comes into camp and uh, makes an impression. Um the next guy that made the active roster that perhaps coming into things may or may not have been uh, targeted for an active roster spot, Chris Weir, uh, draft pick, uh, previously of the Toronto Rock. Your thoughts on uh, what Weir did in training camp? Yeah, I mean, same sort of thing, really. Um, Chris had a, had a good training camp, you know, what you could kind of hope for out of a rookie. Um you know, if we if we were fully healthy, Chris Chris would be uh, starting on our practice roster, and and I you know I don't think there's any uh, shame in that at all. I, you know, we have 14 D guys, and just two of them happen to be on the practice roster, or three of them right now, and that's how it works. Um, so, but he is going to start the season on our active roster, and and you know, um, there's correct me, there's 11 of them on there, so. Um, all but one play, whether he'll be in our in the lineup opening night or not, will be up to Brucey and and Maddie. And um, but but he's earned it. He's had a good camp. And listen, you go through all the, all these guys are going to kind of go through your roster. So um, you know, temper your expectations on rookies in this league and stuff like that. But you know, he's surrounded by a lot of talented guys and a good coach and and in Brucey back there who he's familiar with. And I think he'll. He'll develop nicely. And a couple other guys we should mention, uh, new faces to the team that are both on the practice roster, Phil Mazuka and Jordan McKenna, who both uh, came in and had uh, pretty strong training camps as well. Phil Mazuka drafted a couple of years ago, and Jordan McKenna just drafted uh, in this past draft. But uh, 
you know, just more depth, I guess, on the defensive side there. Yeah, and uh, so Phil kind of falls into the exact same category as Chris. And, you know, with the injuries, you know, one one of the two are going to start the season on the active roster. Um, you know, but really we, we look at him the same way. Upside is, is big. And, you know, the reality is, of it is is he could be called upon at any point to be in our lineup as well. So um, Jordan McKenna, uh, we thought we were going to have to put on the holdout list right now. Um, but it turns out, so he's playing hockey for York. So um, that there's a ton of conflicts there. Um, I don't want to keep harping on it, but because of a couple injuries right now, uh, he's got about a six-week break until he gets going again with the hockey. So um, we've we've added him to our practice roster, and and um, you know he's available to us probably for the next six weeks before he, he he's going to have to uh, walk away for a bit. But he's another young guy that we think has a future, so uh, we're we're excited about him. And and then the one other guy I'll kind of throw out there that out of out of the norm. When, you know, I think we overlooked there is, is Aaron Forster, uh, who's also on our active roster. Uh, probably came into camp, well, you know, I can remember the conversations with Aaron, and, you know, realistically, you know, we kind of pegged Aaron for a practice roster spot. And that's not to say at some point he might have to do that because, you know, juggling rosters and this and that. But, you know, we talked about what he needed to do and how he needed to come in here. And for me, kind of one of the guys that's kind of stood out to me he came in and you know he's moved up here from Ottawa he came in in unbelievable shape and he's put a lot of time and effort into you know that next step and and to us he's he's kind of shown us he's shown us that on the floor both in the practices and the games and you know he's earned himself an active roster spot on our team and you know what whether he's in the lineup every night and this and that, who knows? We have a very deep right side, and we also have a guy in the back that plays defense for us who who can help out up there. So, but you know, another guy that I, I definitely think opened eyes a little bit, you know, out of the norm this year, and uh, I'm excited about that. Yeah, I think anybody who caught the exhibition games would certainly echo those. Uh thoughts in terms of Aaron Forster's play he was playing with another level of confidence I think he was scoring he was doing things that uh honestly you saw small flashes of in the game that he played against Saskatchewan back in the 1920 season um and now he's he's doing it uh you know here in training camp and like you say he's committed clearly off the floor by moving here and you can see the commitment in his game as well that's uh translating there we've couple of times you referred to the injuries uh, early on here in training camp or through training camp and early on to start the season. Sheldon Burns will start uh, on the injured reserve after uh, lower body injury in the December or sorry November 20th game against Colorado and the other guy T.D. Erlin who is making his way back from uh, lower body injury as well that was sustained near the end of the PLL season. How soon are we going to see T.D. Erlin? Well, um, ho- hopefully sooner rather than later. I, I don't believe we're too far off. Um, if I'm going to be totally honest with you, it, listen, we have three games kind of in the next three weeks, and then we're off for about three weeks. So, you know, I don't think we're going to get him back till the new year. But I do think, you know, it's very realistic to expect to see him in our lineup uh, in our first game in the new year. That's uh, that's kind of the realistic hope, I think. Um, could it happen sooner? It could. I mean, listen, he's up here. 
Um, I know he hasn't been around on, on, you know, he hasn't been in the lineup on the Saturday nights, but he is up here on Tuesdays. He is practicing with the team. Um, not full go on all things right now, but he's getting closer and he's getting to know the guys and getting to know the systems and, you know, he's fitting in great and we're real super excited to, to, to get him out there on the floor with us full go, full, full go. Um, you know, we played against Trevor the other night and our guys, Chow and Brad did a good job against him, but you know, TD's another level there. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's been awesome to get to know him. Great, great kid. I shouldn't say kid. He's probably 23, 20. He's just, uh, he's going to, I think he's going to fit in really well here. And I think he's going to be a great addition to our team when we get him back on the floor. And like I said to him on the phone this morning, like, you know, we want you back as soon as possible, but we're not going to rush you. This is a long-term thing here. And, you know, I think worst-case scenario, he probably misses the first three games and, and we'll be back in game four. So that's exciting. Sheldon, you know, Doc's told me, you know, same sort of thing maybe. Sheldon doesn't seem to think so. He seems to think <laughs> he's doing a lot better than that. So, um, you know, hopefully he'll be back sooner than that. We have put him on IR to start the season. That means he has to uh, miss one game with that. Um, so he will not be in our lineup this weekend, opening night. But, you know, Sheldon's a big part of our team. We were real excited about the camp he was having to start. And, and you know, it, it same sort of thing. It's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. And, and when you look at the schedule and everything, you know, we would just – want to be smart with these guys and and um you know look forward to getting him back that that's really it on the injury front but you know like we talk about with the coaches and stuff these rosters aren't very deep and and you know you have 14 defenders on your roster you have two get hurt and you have to play 10 so you know there's only one or two subs kind of left there two if you're doing the math and and, you know, you get into another injury or two, and, and now all of a sudden, you know, you don't have that depth. So I'm not, I'm not complaining or anything. It's, there's, it's a factor for everyone in this league. There's some teams that are probably in a lot worse situation than we are. Um, there'll be some, you know, it, it is what it is. It's part of the game. But, um, you know, those, those always create opportunities for other people to step up and, and show what they can bring to the table. And, and sometimes that's what it takes for certain people to get to get their chance and, and run with it. I want to come back to the overall league depth here in a moment. But one question I want to ask you, I guess is a hypothetical here. T.D. Erling comes back in the lineup. Do you dress one less old guy with Challen having the potential to be that swing guy? depending on maybe how TD's doing at the face-off dot? Or do you stick with dressing 7-0 and 10-D with TD in the lineup? Well, I mean, our plan is TD's a D guy for us. Um, you know, he's not going to be a face-off guy here. Um, you know, we talked about it. He wants to play defense. Um, I know he's putting some time in with Bruce, watching video. He's here at practice. Um to, you know, and I said this from him from the start. I mean, face-off, win, and yeah, you can go off. But if you lose a face-off, you have to be able to turn and play defense in this league. And that that's how it works. So, um, you know, our, our, our preference is to go if, – if we're a healthy team and, and get to choose what we do, um, we like to go 7 and 10. That's what we've liked to do over the last few years. Um, 
that's what we're going to do. And, and, and even more so in the last few years, going seven and ten, we always like to go three rights and four lefts. Um, and, and this year, I, I don't know if we're as committed to that. Um, I think we're committed as to, you know, putting what combination on the floor gives us the best ch chance to win. And we'll see how that goes. But I, I don't really see us going, you know, 6-11. and 11. I think it's, uh, I think if, if we have our choice, it's a 7-10 and 10 thing. But at the end of the day, that's a question for Maddie more than me. <laughs> All right. Coming up later on the show. All right. Um, to speak to some of the depth, and like you're saying, a lot of organizations are probably looking down their rosters and realizing in 1920 they just had, you know, more experienced bodies waiting in the wings potentially, right? Or even just scratched from their roster uh, from their 21 man. So what do you think the effects here of COVID have been? And what do you think they're going to be? And how long do you think we're going to see that in the fact that so many guys really haven't got to play and develop over the last two years? And, and maybe that's not just the guys who were up and coming, but even some of the guys who are pros that – you know, we're coming in. I mean, Aaron Forster is almost a perfect example of that where, you know, he would have had another year of playing, you know, probably would have played major for the first time, major series for the first time on a full-time basis, all those types of things. Like development from not only the up-and-coming guys, but even some of the guys who are locked in as pros right now. What do you think this long-term effect of this lost two years basically uh, has been? I mean, you know, obviously in their, in their development – you know, and and you take a, like a guy like Aaron that would have been playing major, and, and had another season with us, whether it be on the you know, yes, that would have helped in their development. But you know, I think the bigger the reason why we're like that, it's not so much COVID related. You know, the I think it's expansion related, and we've had a lot of expansion over the last few years, and we continue. You know, yes, we get to protect our our, our guys, but we continue to lose quality players off our rosters and then you know you're replacing those quality players really with younger rookies and and now the bottom end like you said earlier the bottom end of your roster is now younger rookies that if injuries happen are going to have to step in and play right away whereas maybe in the past your your bottom your bottom roster guys were more veterans just because of depth less teams so I think that's a bigger factor with that um, you know, the, the, the time off, like, yes, the development, there's also been a lot of benefits to that. I mean, you know, I look at my team and, you know, I can say for, for the most part, everyone, you know, really took that 20 months or whatever, 18, 20 months and, and, you know, got themselves healthy, got themselves in shape. It wasn't just like 14 months off and then get ready for training camp. It was a commitment over you know the pandemic to keep their bodies in shape so i think there's a lot of benefits to that you know not a lot of wear and tear on your bodies for most of these guys that didn't play a lot yet you know great training great whatever and and so i think that could pay off in spades and and you know from what i've seen in in preseason and all that i, th I think that it's probably pretty consistent around the league. I'm pretty impressed with, uh, you know, the, the pace of the games right out of the hop, the talent level, all those things. It's been really good, and, uh, you know, I think we're in for an exciting year. I think a couple guys that jump out at me anyways right away and, and fall into that category of guys that have almost 
changed their bodies over the uh, you know pandemic, so to speak, is Adam Jay and Zach Mans. They have both definitely put on some muscle, and I think Adam Jay maybe the the most significant. And how do you think for those two guys who you know Adam Jay really when you think about it didn't have a ton of experience in this league. Uh, going into the pandemic and now he's kind of a core defender of this team and then Zach Mans too with the you know departures of Adam Jones and Johnny Palace like Zach Mans is obviously going to be counted on to score some more goals and those guys like you say have truly shown that commitment to you know improve their fitness level and just get better yeah and I'm listen as far as Adam goes I mean listen Adam was well on his way to being that guy for us in our last season Um, he was a big part of our defense um, he, he had already committed to getting himself bigger and stronger and was putting the work in and and um, you know we protected him in the expansion draft and and you know we we yeah we have seen a big transformation from him a free agent guy coming from Victoria not a lot of big time experience at anything to where he is now and and he's put on a ton of size and and I, you know I don't expectations for not expectations but I believe Adam will be a huge player for us this year um I just see how hard he's working at everything and how badly he wants it and how committed he is to it and to me those are all recipes for for success and and so I I do expect big things out of him this year I guess I just said that (laughs) and then and then Zach's another one he's same sort of thing you know like Listen, it's, it's also part of growing up, right? Like, we draft Zach as a 21-year-old. Like, as a 21-year-old, yes, you're technically a man. But, you know, I, I as I've watched kids go, guys go through this, like, I think it's, you know, more like as you get to be 25 and you've put some time in the gym and stuff that you really become more of a man body. Um, you know, there's not a lot of Latrells that come into this league at 18 and, and look like a man. And, you know, and but then you see Latrell now, who, what, at 23? Um, like, he really now is is a big <laughs> man, you know? Like, yes. so it, it, it does take time. And Zach's kind of, Zach's working hard. And he's trying to put on some size. And he understands what what's needed of him. He does need to take the next step for us to be successful. All those guys over there do. Um, our entire team does. And everyone just needs to know, know – you know, to quote The Rock, know your role, and uh, you know, and we'll, and we'll and we'll and we'll be good. And and uh, you know, for all teams right now, expectations on all players are high. Um, you know, we're we're all we're all zero and zero. We're all about to play our first game, and we all have, you know, I would assume championship aspirations, and and so we're all excited about everything, but. You know, we we like what we got going here right now, and and time will tell. So here's another thing I'll throw at you. Then we talk about the commitment that some of these guys have made to, uh, you know, just getting better shape, getting a better lacrosse body. We'll say those guys have been almost kind of training as if they've been full time pros here. How much better? Like when you see their success, do you start to kind of think how much? better could this league like the league's already amazing like we already know that the talent level's incredible it's the best players in the world how much better do you think this league could even get if there were full-time professional players that were able to essentially train and prepare every day like some of these guys have been able to do during the pandemic 
yeah, I mean, you know, I think it would it would definitely, you know, increase the level in, in certain ways. I don't, you know, I think that the, the level of our game and the talent level is 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 pretty through the roof as it is. So I don't know how much it goes up there, but you know, to to be able to come in and work out, you know, and really we're talking about a couple hours a day, and uh, you know, come in, get in the gym for an hour, and then some days shoot for an hour. Um, you know, the guys that that do do this, you know, are fortunate to live in the area and be able to do it here and and take advantage of it. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys that, you know, put the same time in a gym somewhere else and you know shoot when they can or or whatever so you know it would be it would be great to be able to do that as a team um you know and and you know there's no secret that eventually we'd love to you know love to get to a situation where these guys are full-time you know like full-time with the league and your teams for six months of the season and and that is your job and and so there's a lot more things we could do as far as training as teams locally in our market, you know, more access to our players. I mean, they juggle a lot right now. So, I mean, yeah, in a dream world, it would be great. I think, uh, you know, as far as the, the, the actual performance on the floor, I mean, guys would be a little bigger, stronger and all those things. But I, I think, you know, and I'm sure you'd agree with me, the talent level in our league is is – through the roof like I, I watch a lot of yeah. it and you know you, you watch guys do stuff you watch guys score goals on you and you just kind of kind of shake your head and you go wow like you know that was that was impressive and and uh, I, I never you know I don't think they could do too much more there yeah I still got to talk to Doss about I don't know if you noticed it the one past fake thing he did at the top on the power play the other night where yeah. he, I I don't know if I'd ever seen him do that in a game before. Maybe, I mean, not in Toronto, I don't feel like. Maybe he'd done it somewhere else. But I just know everybody upstairs watching it went, what What was that? <laughs> <laughs> Which he'll was he'll do a few of those things, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, uh, you know, he's always up there for a surprise. Yeah. Uh, and and I think, like, Robbie Hellyer, just, again, just taking some things I noticed, like Robbie Hellyer just changing just – drawing Zach Higgins down with changing his level on his shot his low fake and like just his everything is just it's coming together like you say these guys with the amount of time off they've had it's unbelievable what kind of skill and what kind of athletes these guys are to be able to kind of step back in have a few training camp sessions and some exhibition games and just be right back to where they were uh you know 18 19 months ago yeah Um, like Robbie there's a guy Robbie um he didn't play any. He hasn't played lacrosse since we last played in March. Yeah. March of 2019 didn't play in the Summer Classic, you know. And and I I would agree with you. Like I watch him play three exhibition games now, and you know Robbie he scores every game. Rob, Robbie's <laughs> ready to go. Like yeah. he, he came into camp in great shape, and he looks motivated and looks like he's ready to lead this team like we expect him to do. And and. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's impressive that they can all do that after that much time off, and and uh, like I said, it's it's exciting from the start of the season. Another quick thought: Reed Reinhold was a bit of an animal on Saturday night at times. Yeah, Reader, just tracking uh, down balls and just being aggressive and physical, and just that element that you know maybe we didn't have necessarily in the first couple of exhibition games, but you really saw 
the impact it made, I thought, on Saturday. Yeah, once again, another guy who expectations are high, and I know they are of him himself. And, and yeah, he missed those first couple exhibition games. It was, And I know that was frustrating for him. Um, and he wanted to play in the mall and get ready because he hadn't played a ton lately either. Um, but he did get back in on Saturday night and, you know, looked like it, it was good to have him in there because he does bring a different game. And it, it's all about... It's all about putting the puzzle together, right? Um, you know, you can't have all the pieces be the exact same. They they all have to be different, and but they all have to fit together. That's, you know, I've said it a long time. Our one championship, when you go back and look at that roster, I mean, there was there was some guys on there, you know, there, there's at least one on there that I don't think people would even guess um but but everyone had a role and everyone did their role and then all those puzzle pieces fit together and and that's what brings success so yeah reed brings a little bit of a different element for us there and and uh you know we're excited he's healthy and ready to go here i know you got to get out of here but i got a couple more things i just want to quickly touch on uh as we look forward to saturday's home opener something else that's big is that the National Lacrosse League is back on TSN, broadcast nationally. Uh, the Toronto Rock and the Albany Firewolves will be the kickoff game to the uh, schedule, and we've already seen TSN airing promos, heard radio commercials specifically for the NLL on TSN promoting the game. So it's been nice to have all that stuff back. Your thoughts on the television agreement and what you think it's going to do here going into this season? Well, speaking about TSN specifically, I mean, you know how I feel about those guys, Paul Graham and the group down there. I mean, we, we've had a great working relationship with them over the years, and, and while we weren't doing anything currently with them, they've always wanted to be involved with our league and, and do do the entire Canadian kind of thing. So this is super exciting. I think it's an awesome way for – they're going to be a great partner. They're going to promote our league, and, and we're going to work um, together to to build this thing. And they, they believe in it, and we believe in it, and uh, it's exciting. So, you know, we're honored to be the, uh, you know, the kickoff – game of the week against all I mean obviously we want to get everyone there and, and fill first Ontario Center but um, you know for all of those that can't make it and then all of those across the country that you know want to want to check it out um, you know we're, we're excited to be the host for that game and and uh, think you know just just totally excited yeah for those people are watching home you'll be able to check out what you're missing in person and then get down to the December 18th game just two weeks later Last thing we'll take you out on here this Saturday. We mentioned Albany Firewolves. What are you expecting with regards to the matchup? And what is the final push here? Your call to action for the lacrosse fans in Ontario to get to First Ontario Center on Saturday night. Yeah, well, I mean, um, as far as Albany goes, for me, it's it, it's pretty simple, and you know, we'll keep it keep it simple I think they'll come in very well prepared because I think Clarkie does a really good job I've seen him in action as a coach in, in a few different leagues and he number one his teams are always very well prepared and play hard and number two they got a heck of a goaltender and Dougie Jameson's capable of stealing a game on any night and you know you you gotta make you, you're gonna have to work he's not gonna you know he's one of those guys he's not gonna give you uh, a lot of easy things and and 
and you know he's got potential to steal a game so though that combination for me makes a team dangerous and and uh you know we're all zero and zero and we all have championship aspirations so uh you know that it's, it's you know really it's time where the talking's done and it's time for the the players to go out there on the floor and 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 settle it for themselves so i i look forward to that i believe in my group and and you know we respect the opponent coming in here and and we know it'll be a a heck of a challenge um you know they we, we had them in our last home opener and, and they took us down so um you know i don't think you can take anyone any opponent lightly in this league and i think if you do um you, you're probably going to end up regretting it as far as getting down to first ontario center listen um you know, we're super excited about our new home in Hamilton. Uh, First Ontario Centre and, and everyone down there and, and the city and the support has been awesome. Um, it, it's going to be a great place to watch lacrosse. And, you know, I, I, the Saturday night games, you know, my belief is that the, the highways are empty and, and the commute from anywhere shouldn't be too bad. You know, there's a lot of great advantages to coming down there and save money and you know, I know I saw it retweeted about a happy hour starting at six o'clock for five bucks, and we've never been able to do stuff like that. And you know, it's just it's it's going to be new. It's exciting. It's our new home. It's home. Like uh, we're going to see that room finally done, and um, I can't wait. And uh, you know, it's kind of the next the next chapter for this franchise. And and you know, to me, there'd be no better way to to honor our first year back in Hamilton by, by bringing a championship there. And, uh, you know, I know that everyone in this organization, you know, understands, you know, expectations and this and that, and is ready to go. And like I said earlier, kind of stop talking about it and, you know, stop saying who's best at this or who's going to be this and that. And let's just go out there and we can all show it, you know, actions speak louder than words. We're ready. We we are. I I, I listen. (laughs) I can confidently say that um, I believe we're one hundred percent ready. You know, by the time we finish practice tomorrow night, um, we're ready to go. Here, we're playing for keeps. Um, It is super exciting to be back after this long. So, look forward to hearing you. uh, Your voice in the. First Ontario Center. That'll be new for you. Are you? Uh, what do you? What do you think yeah, about I had all a little, that? Yeah, uh, had a little practice run there with uh, DJ Sweet Lou about uh, two weeks ago. So we got things fired up. Things sounded pretty good in the rink. So um, sounded just like uh, old times. We were ready to rock and roll. So excited about that too. And I think just uh, you know, I love those opening player introductions and that. That gets me fired up doing it, and I can't wait. And hopefully the guys are fired up running out of the tunnel when they hear their name called. And then, uh, yeah, between myself, uh, DJ Sweet Lou, Scott Fox, uh, the Rock City Dancers, our promo team, all this stuff we got in the works here. Hopefully everybody enjoys themselves uh, in the stands. And well, yeah, hopefully listen, we got the big dub on the floor. Yeah, I mean, obviously um – a big dub on the floor is, is first and foremost, you know, around here. Um, you know, a shout out to to, to you and, and Terry really as far as the arena. Like this 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 is this is new for us here. 
and I know there's a lot of you know. There's been some work put in. There, yes. There's been a lot of wor- <laughs> there's been a lot of work put yes. in, and I know there's been a lot of worries and sleepless nights and this and that. Like yes, we were we were playing in the Mercedes building, and and we you know with that there was a lot of benefits to it, and and uh, you know First Ontario Centre's on its way there. Um, there there's been a lot of things, so. You know, I, I'm, I'm excited not only about the team on the floor, but, you know, I know you guys have worked real hard to kind of pull this together for opening night. And, you know, we'll, we'll put on the best show possible and, and, yeah, hopefully finish off with a nice big win and, and start the next chapter. So can't wait. All right. Thanks, Jamie. And, uh, of course, we'll see you down there Saturday night. And thanks for stopping by. I'm sure we'll do this again. We will. <laughs> All right, that was Jamie Dowick, owner, president, and general manager of the Toronto Rocks. Short break on Toronto Rock Total Access. Back with more in just a moment. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. I'm Mike Hancock. I'm pleased to be joined now by the head coach of the Toronto Rock, Matt Sawyer. Matty, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Mike. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for taking some time to join us here today. I know uh, training camp, uh, everything gets pretty busy pretty quick once uh, November hits, and suddenly we all realize we're only about 30 days out from playing a game. Um, talk to us about your thoughts on how training camp went and just maybe where the team is right now. Yeah, um, you know, we're excited about training camp. Uh, as, a, uh, as a coaching staff, we've... Uh, um, we've liked what we saw and, and feel that the uh, uh, team's had a, a good month here just trying to get better each and every time we get together and got another opportunity here on uh, uh, here tonight with uh, with practice and looking forward to the opener on Saturday. Now the active roster, practice roster, all that fun stuff was set on Monday. Uh, how difficult was it this year putting that together? Were there a lot of tough decisions for the coaching staff? Surprises, maybe kind of sum up your thoughts on how the roster actually came together this year. Yeah, there's, um, you know, anytime you put uh, the roster together, there's uh, uh, tough decisions. Uh, you know, coming into camp, um, the reality is uh, a lot of our uh, our spots were set, and uh, um, you know, we were had the expectations that the uh, players were going to earn their spots, which they did, and. Uh, you know we like uh, we like what we have um, obviously we'd like to be fully healthy coming out of camp just like any team but we've got a couple of uh, of guys that are going to start the season on IR and that's just opened up uh, opportunities for others to uh, um, you know to potentially get into some game action here early in the uh, in the season but uh, uh, all in all it's uh, um, a roster that we're excited about and we can't uh, can't wait to uh, get playing some uh, uh, you know opponents here where it uh, where it really matters regular season so when I uh, spoke to Jamie Dowick just uh, moments before this interview, uh, we did talk a little bit about some of the new faces on the scene, Justin Scott, Chris Weird, namely. Um, why don't you tell us a bit about Justin Scott, especially since he's a free agent that was identified to come to camp to kind of fill in a bit of depth, I guess, just going into camp, but has now found himself on the active roster here. Yeah, um, you know, and that's, uh, um, you know, good for Justin. He's uh, he's earned that uh um, that opportunity to start on the active roster. He was someone that uh, um, you know we identified as uh, um, a, uh, I guess a worthy invite as a free agent out to camp. Uh, familiar with Justin that we've uh, um, you know we've had him in Oakville uh, over the past uh, couple of seasons when we've been playing lacrosse in the summer, not full time with uh, the Oakville Rock, but he's been somebody that we've called up from time to time, and he just uh, 
you know, he just caught our eye. And uh, he's an offensive lefty, a spot where we're looking for some depth. And when you talk about the offensive lefties, a uh, couple of names, obviously, that aren't around right now that uh, perhaps in a previous season they were. In fact, they were. Johnny Paulus and Adam Jones. Uh, we know Johnny is, uh, you know, family commitments are keeping him away from the game right now. He's a restricted free agent. Adam Jones, an unrestricted free agent. But what do those, uh, I guess, holes in the lineup, or do they create holes in the lineup? How do you go forward without a couple of established lefty veterans like those guys? Yeah, um, you know, certainly both uh, both Johnny and uh, and Adam have uh, uh, had great uh, careers in the NLL. We don't. Uh, um, you know, personally, I don't look that look at that as uh, as holes in the lineup. We look at that as opportunities for uh, for others, and you know, you're gonna see that right away with just um, some situations where uh, Reed Reinholt and Dan Craig and Zach Manns, guys like uh, that, uh, you know, get an opportunity to play in situations that maybe they haven't in in the past, and the expectations that they'll uh, they'll take advantage of that and they'll be good. So, more opportunity than holes for us as a coaching staff. When we look at uh, one other new face that I think everybody is quite excited to see make his NLL debut, and that's TD Erlin, and a bona fide face-off guy, whereas the Toronto Rock, we've had some good ones over the years, guys that have been able to get in there at over 50% at times and, and have some big nights. Brad Cree comes to mind, obviously, most recently as a guy who's done well at the dot, but um, TD Erlin, is he, if he's able to have that same kind of success indoors that he's had outdoors what is that going to bring to the Toronto Rock well um you know first uh in TD's situation like he uh you know he, he hasn't even had a full practice here and we're getting close uh close to that um you know he's been uh, he's been around the guys out here and and um you know just working his way back from an injury and um obviously um you know draft him with uh, uh the intention that he was going to uh um, be able to help us in the uh, on the faceoffs and the ball team and things like that. But it's our uh, our job and TD's job to to become a uh, you know all around uh, lacrosse player, uh, not just uh, in the uh, in the circle. But we need to bring him up to speed and make sure that he's uh, a strong defensive player. And you know that's something that he wants to do. And we're excited about uh, excited about that. His eagerness and um, you know willingness to learn and and all those things that we've talked about in the past. Uh, you know it's something where um, you know. Brad's done a great job for us uh, in the face-off circle. We are looking to lighten lighten his load a little bit so we can uh, maybe increase his minutes in other areas, and it's just something that that we want to, um, you know, we want to address and we want to bring somebody in who, uh, you know, who is uh, good in that area, and TD certainly is uh, up to this point in the field game, so uh, we expect it to translate to the box lacrosse. And we do talk about injuries very briefly, and you mentioned obviously TD is starting the season on Pup. The other guy that's going to miss a bit here at the beginning is Sheldon Burns, and you talk about how with guys not being around, it creates opportunities. Who are the guys on the back end that you think uh, creates you know, a couple of chances here with those guys, TD and Sheldon, not starting the season? Yeah, like, you, know, we're, um, you know, we're lucky from the standpoint that uh, – um, you know, we have lots of guys on our roster that we're comfortable with. We feel that they're flexible playing both offense and defense. So, you know, maybe a couple of those uh, um, guys will get a bit more of an opportunity in the back end. And, uh, you know, you just uh, you look at breaking the, the season here. You got Jamison Dilks, who, uh, who um, has played uh, 
you know won two games with us in the uh, um, previous season he's going to get an opportunity right off the uh, the jump here not solely because of uh, Sheldon's injury uh, Jameson likely uh, um, would have been in that spot without it but it's um, you know the really you don't have a deep roster right so anytime you pick up an injury to um, uh, an injury or two you're going to have to uh, rely on everybody so um, really it's going to be uh, um, all those 10 guys that we dress on Saturday night they're all going to have to uh, pick up uh, pick up the slack and um, be a good 10-man unit and uh, you know we're comfortable with what we got back there uh, even with a couple of injuries that we have. We saw Challen Rogers uh, spend a lot of time out the front door in preseason um, in training camp in the first preseason game scoring three goals in that first exhibition game and then ended up playing defense in the next two. What is the plan? Rock City wants to know what is the plan for Challen Rogers this season? Well, I can say that he won't play net. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he may yeah. take some faceoffs. <clears throat> yeah, well, we've yeah. Uh, we've used uh, uh, Chal in that area throughout the uh, the preseason as well. Um, you know, this uh, we're just comfortable uh, with whatever we ask Chal to do. But Chal is a, a defender first and foremost for us, and um, you know, but he's uh, obviously a. Uh, uh, world-class player and um, he has shown that he can play uh, you know he can do pretty much anything that's asked of him so um, you know but Chal is going to uh, be a big part of our defense help us uh, anchor our defense back there and, and be a force in transition but at the same time we're um, you know we're comfortable putting him on our power play as well but uh, um, you know he's going to start and I would anticipate play, play most of the season at the back end for us. So I asked Mr. Dowick this question as well, and he actually said that is a question for Maddie. My question was, when T.D. Erlen does make his return from injury, would the team be dressing 7-0 guys and 10-D guys still, or would it be a situation where you could go 6-11 and with Challen becoming a bit of a swingman in there? speaks to the flexibility that we have right so uh good question understand the question but really you know we would look at that from week to week and uh you know depending on our uh, our opponent um depending on uh, the health of our uh, of our lineup and and make our decision from that uh, um that standpoint but uh, yeah you have the option of going six and eleven um like to think uh, in a perfect world we would stick with our seven and ten because uh um, you know, we have the expectation that uh, not uh, not only TD is going to be a good face-off uh, uh, man for us, but uh, that he's going to be a good defender as well. So, um, you know, if that's the case, you'd likely see us go 7-11. and 11. But there's All your right. answer. There is an answer. Skated around that, eh? Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I, I obviously am really looking forward to getting back and, and just getting back into the swing of things of game weeks and – and whatnot and getting back down to the arena and and being a part of the games and everything that NLL lacrosse brings what is it that you've missed most about just being a part of the NLL and and games and all that stuff what what is the one thing that you're sitting there right now game week saying wow I really miss doing this or this is what I'm really looking for I can't wait for this moment uh, during games or any of those types of things well, there's um, you know, there's a lot of them, and you mentioned just being in the arena and and having fans and and friends and family around and and um, you know all those things. And there's uh, um, you know, we're really looking forward to that on on uh, Saturday night in in Hamilton. But you know, for me personally, it's just uh, um, you know, it's being in that dressing room. There's nothing like that. Uh, 
um, couple hours when you uh, when you get to uh, the game and you start prepping and being around uh, the players and your teammates and and the coaches. Um, you know, you get a um, get a kick out of that, a good shot in the arm, and, and just really looking forward to having that. Uh, Having that again and getting to experience it because it's been taken away from everybody for a couple of years, right? So it's, uh, um, you know, Saturday couldn't get here uh, soon enough. So obviously at the start of every season, teams set goals for themselves. And I think uh, in this league with so much parity, I think everybody feels that they've got a path to a championship when the season starts. What is that path? What does it look like for the Toronto Rock to be playing their best lacrosse at the end of the year? Well, this is going to be a boring answer for you, but it's uh, it's something that we talk about all the time, and we just want to continue to get better each and every week. Um, you know, you look at, uh, uh, and I think you need to take it one week at a time, right? You can get caught up in things and, and um, looking at uh, your schedule and, and forecasting, um, you know, wins here and there. It's, uh, it's very much a week to, uh, from week to week league, and, um, you know, our expectation is... Uh, uh, that we get better each and every time out and you look at the uh, uh, the east and um, you know the strength of the teams over there and uh, you know I think it's uh, uh, real important that uh, we're good out of the gates and um, you know you stack up some wins while you can because they're going to be tough to come by. Yeah and I think we saw a pretty good example of that probably on Saturday night against Philadelphia here with both teams playing pretty much their roster and you know the Toronto Rock I would say not going out on a limb pretty much dominated a large portion of that game but just didn't finish you as a coach what's going through your mind in situations like that when you're on the bench where you know your guys are are playing pretty well overall you're carrying the play but you know looking at that game I think 64 38 were the unofficial shots on goal we'll call them after the game and I believe goal number four for the Toronto Rock came on shot number 40 so what's going through your head as the coach on a night like that yeah that's um you know uh, uh, a good analysis of the game but at the uh, so first I'll answer your question what's going through your um or my head or the coach's uh, uh head as you're on the bench and you're watching that so on on one hand you're feeling good about things because uh um you know uh, for the most part there especially in the first half we felt like we were out playing uh, Philadelphia and and creating uh, good chances and the looks that we wanted to and um, you know so you, you have that feeling that uh, when one or two uh, fall maybe the uh, uh, floodgates were going to open but um, you know that wasn't the case and it's uh, uh, you know that game overall was a good example uh, for our team um, you know we're going to be in another one of those right and uh, that happens uh, throughout the season where uh, you feel like you're carrying the play, and you are carrying the play, but uh, uh, maybe you run into a hot goaltender or you're not shooting too well that night or uh, whatever it may be. So it's just important that you're good in all aspects and all areas of the game. And, um, you know, as, uh, as well as we thought we played and, um, you know, it looked like uh, you could come away from that thinking, okay, well, maybe the offense didn't do its job or, you know, we, anytime you, uh, you only allow 10, you should come out with a win, which is the case. We felt if we were just a little bit better in uh, you know the fundamentals and the basics in a couple of uh, areas, we could have potentially won that game eight seven. And you know uh, there were three balls that were on the ground that we got a little bit uh, anxious. We were first to them and and we overran them and and they end up in your net. So before you know it, you go through a game where you carried the play and and you felt like you were pretty dominant, which we were, but you lose a game ten eight. So um, you know something that uh, that you got to. Um, file away you got to uh, be better for it and uh, um, you know you got to learn from those situations 
Yeah, because you you can even kind of track it back a little bit. I think it was, what, towards the end of the first half there, the five-minute penalty that went up, and there was a couple of penalties in a row that it just definitely changed the game because suddenly you had one team that was getting a ton of chances and didn't have much to show for it, and then you had another team that wasn't getting many chances, but when they did get them, they did have something to show for it. So, you know, can you feel that even on the bench as the mentality, the psyche of the guys start to shift a little bit to say, like, is there a bit of a letdown on the bench at that point? You know, I'm not sure if letdown is the case, but, yeah, you can you could feel it for sure, right? Because even up to the point where we got that five-minute, um, you know, penalty, uh, you, you felt like, okay, if one's going to go in here, because we, uh, we were generating good opportunities and, um, and, and also uh, defensively, we weren't allowing Philadelphia much of anything. Um, then they get the opportunity to uh, go on a five-minute power play. But, you know, again, discipline within that. We take two minor penalties while we were um, short man, uh, uh, our, our man down for five minutes. We take two more minor penalties. And before you know it, um, they come out of that seven-minute stretch with all the momentum. When up until that point for 90% of the game, we had been pretty dominant. So... Um, yes, uh, you can feel it. Um, is there a letdown? No, maybe some frustration. And then you quickly shift to, okay, uh, you know, we're in a game. It doesn't matter what has happened up to that point. Um, so, uh, you know, we, we put ourselves in a situation where all of a sudden we were chasing the game. All right, Maddie, we'll take you out on this. The big question, what is going to be the Friday night go-to meal, menu item, location, for success this season you throwing that one at me i was looking for some direction so um you know uh, we had uh, we had things mapped out uh, in previous years so uh, i think we're gonna uh, um you know gonna be flying by the seat of our pants here this friday night but we'll come up with something good that's for sure so this is the call out to all listeners of toronto rock total access if there is that one meal that we can count on on friday night to go out and grab in downtown Hamilton that will assist in the Toronto Rock winning lacrosse games, please submit it to total access at torontorock.com. We'll take it. <laughs> All right, Maddie, thanks a lot for joining uh, us today. Us, me, Toronto Rock Total Access, and uh, good luck on Saturday, and we'll do this again soon. Thanks, Mike. All right, that was Matt Sawyer, head coach of the Toronto Rock. We'll take a short break on Total Access and be back in a moment. That will wrap up the season preview edition of Toronto Rock Total Access. Happy to be back and back to some kind of normal here with lacrosse back on the turf on Saturday night at Hamilton's first Ontario Centre, the new home of your Toronto Rock. Brand new Rock City. Everybody's fired up. Anyways, thanks again for listening. Thanks to the guests. Again, if you don't have your tickets yet, what are you doing? Simply jump on to torontorock.com. Go into the ticket menu, jump down to the single game option and grab a ticket. Or why don't you peruse all of the different ticket options that are available. Season memberships are still available. You can get into one of those. And you can also jump in and grab prorated season tickets as well after the first game if you'd like. So lots of options there. Everything's there for you at torontorock.com. We will see you for happy hour on Friday night at 6 and the game at 7. In the meantime and in between time, I am Mike Hancock saying we'll chat next week.